This is the FBCG Live podcast with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Today's message is entitled, Home, Part 7, Sexual Immorality. The Bible gives us hope that we do not have to be overtaken by sexual immorality. Wherever you're joining us from, we pray this message encourages and empowers you in your daily walk with God. Thank God for this privilege today to pick back up in a series that we've been doing on the home. I've been talking about the home. It's been a series about family. And the book of Nehemiah tells us that was read so wonderfully today by our presider, uh, uh, Reverend Chambers. We want to uh, uh, talk about the fact that we are trying to keep families together and healed. That's the will of God, that families would be uh, delivered and that families would be whole and, 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 and wholesome. And what I've been doing for the last uh, few weeks of this series is dealing with the elements that create challenges for families to be together. And uh, uh, we talked about uh, the, 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 the inability for marriages to resolve conflict. That was the first thing that we talked about, the, the first element that's a challenge to families being able to be healed and marriages to be able to survive was uh, unresolved conflict. We tried to give you some, some tools and some information on how to resolve conflict. The second thing we talked about was finances. Money, 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 cash, money. Yes, we talked about money and the management of money or the lack thereof. We spent time trying to give you some principles of how to manage your money and try to encourage you to get into a place of, uh, of proper money management. Somebody say that, say proper money management. Proper, yeah, yeah, proper money management. So uh, most people don't have a money problem, they have a management problem. And we're trying to get people to a place where they're managing money properly. Today, part three, part three of the series today, we're dealing with sexual immorality. Yeah, I knew, I knew that wasn't, nobody was going to say amen on that point right there. It is the unspoken thing that people don't talk about. It is the thing that we rarely hear about in church, sexual immorality. Yes, yeah, sex can be an issue. It can be a problem. Open your Bibles with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, if you have your Bibles. Uh, I want to read um, some of these verses right here. I want to spend some a, a, a moment and read beginning at verse one. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth. And uh, this is a church that's got a lot of drama in it. They got a lot of stuff going on. This is a church that, that has a lot of carnality. They, they, they're, they're worshipful, but they're also uh, carnal. They, they also got a lot of stuff going on in the church. And so the Apostle Paul wants to write to them and challenge them in their morality, among other things. He wants to talk to them about that. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I want to begin at verse 1. Here's what it says. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. All were baptized in the Moses, in the cloud, and in the sea. All ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Let me stick a pen right here. Here's what Paul is saying. In the Old Testament, when the children of Israel were following Moses, headed to the promised land, they were all under the same cloud. They were all following the same rules. They all had the same message. They were all following the same direction. Verse 5, but with most of them, verse 5, but with most of them, God 
was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things, verse 6, were, became our example. He said, look, this was all written down and recorded in the scripture so we would have an example to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Look, stick a pen right there. Hold up. Stop. Pause. He said they were idol worshipers. Everything was about their pleasure. They sat down to eat, drink, and rose to play. That's all they did. It was all about their happiness. It wasn't about worshiping God, obeying God. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. And then it says, don't let us also do what they did. They committed sexual immorality. And because of their sexual immorality, uh, in one day, God caused 23,000 of them to die. Verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyers. Whoo, somebody say, that's, uh, that's scary right there. 23,000 saints of the children of Israel who were under the cloud, following under the leadership of Moses, experiencing the cloud of the pillar of a cloud that led them in the day and the pillar of fire that they followed by night. They saw the supernatural provisions of God. They were in the midst of God's very presence, the very protection of God, the very deliverance of God. God had delivered them and brought them out of Egypt and was leading them to the promised land. And the drama, the pain is that they, when, the, when the lights went out, when the nighttime came, they were sneaking into some tents. Come on, y'all ain't hear what I'm saying to you today. They were, they were doing some things that were problematic, sexual immorality. And I thought I should talk about it today because that's one of the problems that's destroying marriages is sexual immorality. Everybody ought to know that sex is a very powerful drive for most humans. For most humans, it's a powerful deal. Many lives and many families have been ripped apart because of sexual indiscretion, sexual actions, sexual habits, sexual sins have messed up a lot of people. Sexual, sexual addictions are developed. People have sexual issues and it normally starts when you are in adolescence. It's some, some activity, some behavior, some exposure, some act, some incident that started when you were a teenager or maybe younger than that that worked on into your adulthood that you never learned to get the deliverance from. It's a very challenging challenge, problem. It is, it is, it is a, a drama. And I, and I thought I ought to talk about it today because it's destroying a lot of families. Somehow or another, uh, uh, your body, when you get involved in sexual activity, releases some chemicals in your body that gives you an opioid feeling, a high feeling, uh, a, a, a joyful experience. And, and that's fine when it is released in the parameters of marriage. It's not so fine when you're outside of marriage. Don't, don't get quiet on me now. Come on, somebody. Holler at a brother. And I, wanted, I want you to know if you want to live and you want to have a powerful Christian walk, the secret is getting your sex life under the power of the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit wants to control every aspect of your life, even your sex life. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. So there are several sexual areas that have destroyed families. Let me give you to what they are. Let me. This is not an exhaustive list, but allow me to give you four things that I feel are are pertinent to this whole arena of sexual immorality. Let me begin by giving you number one, which is pornography. Pornography sets the tone. Pornography happens to be a form of adultery. Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 and 28. Just uh, jot this down. Let me read this to you. It says, you have heard, verse 27, that it was said to those of old, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you, verse 28, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. In other words, the scriptures say when you look on somebody with a desire in your heart for it, for her or him, hallelujah, praise him, glory to God, uh, it is, you have already committed adultery. And yet we have the challenge and the problem of men and women, by the way, who look at graphic magazines and videos and and nasty channels and uh, websites and women, hold up, don't think I'm going to leave y'all out. Y'all read the novels that give descriptions of sexual acts and you think that you're not committing pornography just because you don't see the picture, but yet you hear the description of it in the novels that you read. Oh, go ahead, Pastor Jenkins. I see I have to encourage myself. You watch soap operas that have uh, different people doing things that is immoral and becoming more graphic. Uh, you, pay, you paint pictures and images in your mind that are not from God. All of these are levels of pornography. Movies, magazines, strip clubs, novels, internet sites, chat rooms, all of these have a form of pornography. And if you let them into your home, it's dangerous. It is dangerous. I want to challenge every man and every woman to, to be cautious and careful about what you allow into your house. As a matter of fact, one of the big problems with this pornography deal is that it is introducing into your household a spirit in your home that you don't want in your home. You don't want the pornography spirit in your house. You don't want it exposed uh, to your household. It also opens up the opportunity when you allow those cable channels to come into your house and those magazines to be in closets. You are opening up the opportunity to expose your children to that which will corrupt them and not be beneficial to them. And so I want to challenge you today. This is destroying a lot of families. Uh, you're, the, the, you're looking and desiring and thinking and painting pictures and images in your mind and in your head that is not beneficial to you. It's not healthy. It doesn't promote you spiritually. It doesn't help you to walk with God. I'm challenging you today to examine your channels, I mean, your, your books you're reading, the magazines you're reading, the websites that you go to. Be careful. Somebody say be careful. Holler out to a brother. Be careful. It's pornography. Pornography, the desire in your heart often leads to number two. Number two is adultery. Exodus chapter 20, verse 14 says, you shall not commit adultery. Adultery. Matter of fact, jot this verse down. Leviticus 20, verse 10 says, adultery is punishable by death. The man who commits adultery with another man's wife, he who commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 20 verse 10. That, that, that in fact is a warning from God 
that he wants you to recognize that adultery is a dangerous deal. I recognize that some of you have some kind of excuse for why you had to step outside your marriage. But let's be clear, there's no justification for adultery. I don't care how bad your husband's treating you. I don't care that your wife won't give you none. I don't care what kind of excuse you might have. Uh, the Bible gives a clear warning about adultery. Somebody ought to thank, somebody need to be thanking God for the blood of Jesus. Because, uh, matter of fact, what I just tried to read to you is some, some people think that you haven't committed adultery just because you haven't physically gone out and did, did it. But my challenge to tell you today is the scriptures are clear according to the verse I just read if, uh, before that in the first point. If you just think about it, if you look on the woman, uh, if you just have the desire in your heart, you've already committed adultery. That's why you better thank God for the blood because some of y'all done already committed adultery. You got, we got some, I'm looking at a bunch of adulterers right here up in front of me right now. Uh, yes, it's a problem. It has created drama. It has created pain. It destroyed families and homes. It, it, by the way, I do want to say to anybody who has gone through the devastating, painful experience of your spouse tipping out, that God has the ability and the power to bring healing to that. You don't have to get a divorce. You don't have to walk away. We serve a God who can bring healing and deliverance even if you've gone through the painful experience of somebody stepping out. Let me move on to number three and tell you what my third thing is, is fornication, sexual sins. There's a whole bunch of sins that the Bible mentions in Ephesians chapter 5. In verse 3, it says, but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you has its fitting for saints. That, that, that's saying once you become a child of God, don't let any area of fornication be uh, mentioned as a part of your life. Allow me to just take a moment and talk about this. That word fornication is a Greek word, pornea. Uh, and here's what it means. It covers a wide range of sexual sins. It covers a whole lot of things that are problematic in, in, uh, of, of sins and behaviors and activities, including masturbation. I need to spend a moment talking about that. I want to be careful how I talk about it because I know there might be some children uh, watching the service today. But I want to understand. I want to speak to the adults and the teenagers and those for just a moment to understand that pornea that the scripture tells us don't let it be named has a pattern in your life. Yeah, masturbation, painting images and, and desires related to another person. Uh, God's desire for you, listen, here's what God's desire is for those sexual desires that you have. He wants those desires to be satisfied by your spouse. By the way, getting married is a, a because you want to be righteous and you don't want to be out there uh, fornicating is a good reason to get married. Come on, somebody say amen. That's why I got married at 21 because I didn't want to wait till I got 30 or 35 because I didn't know whether or not I could contain myself. So it's a good reason. Uh, uh, let, me, let me say this for just a moment. Uh, yes, fornication uh, is a sin. All types of sexual immorality. Uh, by the way, God wants you to get your sexual desires satisfied by your spouse and not by your hands. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, not by your hands, but by your spouse. Not, not, 
okay, all right, y'all don't y'all ain't got to say nothing. Y'all don't have to say amen. He, that's the purpose of your spouse. And so uh, uh, for this this fornication, this pornea covers incest. Jot down Leviticus 18. I'm not going to read it, but Levit get Leviticus 18 verses 6 through 18 talks about not being engaged sexually with anybody close to you, anybody close to kin. Not your children, not your cousin, not, not your brother, not your sister, not your mama, your daddy. Uh, and yet, unfortunately, incest is alive and well in this country. It's a problem. It's a challenge. It is frustrating. I want to challenge everybody today to understand that, that fornication covers a wide breadth of sins. And God says it will destroy families. I want to challenge you today. Don't let it destroy your family. I'm almost finished. Let me give you number four. Let me go back to 1 Corinthians. Let me go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, let me read that for just a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 7 verses 3 through 5 says, Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Here it is right here. Verse five. Do not deprive one another except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. In other words, that passage is telling us, and it is a problem when one partner denies the other partner due benevolence. Somebody say, uh, I want my due benevolence. I want what's due to me. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me, First Lady? I want what's due to me. Don't use sex as a weapon or a reward. Render due benevolence. I hear the men saying amen right now. I hear them saying it right now. I hear them. Render due benevolence, due affection. The, the wife wants romance, romance, brothers, not just sex. She wants you to romance her. She, she wants some flowers. She, you, brothers, let me try to give you some hint. Let me give you some help here. The, the deal is you got to start making love to your wife days ahead of the actual encounter. You you, you, you got to start making phone calls two or three days ahead. You got to send flowers in the morning. Come on, y'all, and listen to what I'm saying. You got to send some love notes ahead of time to get her ready so that when the time comes that she will be ready for romance. Just don't, just don't ignore her and go about your day, and then when it comes time to get uh, for action, here you come popping up, say, hey, no, no. You got to get prepared. Okay, all right. Let me stop giving sex lectures here today. The bottom line is your body belongs to your spouse. And, and the focus should be on serving one another. Amen. And by the way, young people, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, when you get married, take advantage because there comes a day when everything don't work like it used to work. I just, I'm just going to believe that right there. Just going to say that right there. Uh, yes, give the Lord the praise. Amen. When I first got married, some people heard me say this today. When I first got married, when I came home from work, yes, sir, I was jumping out the car, pulling my shirt off, walk, taking my coat, running into the house. That's what, that's what I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And, and now, 
Now it ain't, you ain't quite running in the house. You're just crawling in the house. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying to you today. Let me, let me try to bring this to a close. Let me go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I, I want to I wanna challenge us today. I, I want to, because uh, I know that sex, we don't talk about sex very often in church. It's, that's the unspoken thing on Sunday mornings. But uh, I have enough courage and enough faith and obedience to God to talk to you today about sex. And, and I'm challenging us to understand that wrong sexual behavior has the potential of ripping apart families and ripping apart marriages and destroying households. But I, I've got some good news for you today. Uh, the Bible gives us an answer and gives us hope that you don't have to be overtaken by sin. You don't have to fall into the the, the pit hole of sexual immorality. You don't have to allow it to take over your life. You can, you can be delivered. I don't know who I'm preaching to today, but I'm preaching to you today that it doesn't have to be a lifestyle. Pornography doesn't have to be the order of your day. I'm trying to tell you today, adultery doesn't have to be your lifestyle. I'm trying to tell you uh, sexual sins and, and sexual denial doesn't have to be the thing that governs your life. Yet, the Bible says, going back to 1 Corinthians 10, the passage that I read to you today, the chapter, uh, uh, chapter 10, said, gives us some hope. And here's the hope in verse number 13. Let me, uh, let me read verse 12 and 13. Can I do that for just a moment? Uh, let me read verse 11, 12, and 13. Uh, 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 now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition upon whom the ends of all ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Verse 13. Highlight this. Circle it. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. Stick a pen right there. Everybody is tempted by the same deal. You're not by yourself. Everybody has the same temptation. It's common to man. But then it says this, but God is faithful. Oh, I feel a shot right there. Here's what he says. You might find yourself in a tempting moment, but it says right here, but God is faithful. In other words, we serve a God who can be dependent upon to do what it is he said he would do. He is faithful. What is he faithful to do? God is faithful who, number one, will not, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Stick a pin right there. There's another pin goes right there. God knows exactly what your breaking point is. He knows exactly what you can handle. He knows your strength and your weakness. He says he's faithful that he will not allow you to be tempted in a situation that is beyond your capacity and beyond your ability to be able to handle. That means that if the temptation comes knocking at your door, God has already put inside of you the capacity and the ability to resist. He is faithful that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will, but with the temptation, here's what he's also faithful to do, alongside the temptation, he will also make the way of escape. There's a way out. You ain't got to fall. There's a way out. When temptation stands knocking at the door, standing right next to it knocking at the same door, is a fella called escape. 
And you have to make the decision as to who's going, who you're going to let in. You can let temptation in or you can let escape in. They both can't come in. <laughs> Y'all excuse me for a second. They both are not going to walk in the door. You have to make a decision who's going to be your friend. Who are you going to let in the house? Who are you going to yield to? And I want to make a suggestion to you that you ought to let escape come in. Somebody say, let escape come in. He says, he will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I'm trying to tell you here today, if you got the issue, there's a way out. If you got the challenge, there's a way out. Get you some help. If you got a challenge, get an accountability. If you need some help, Talk to somebody. Get in a situation where you can get the victory and you don't have to fall. I feel a shout coming down on my, on my soul because I'm grateful that we serve a God who promises and who has made the word and given us a word that he has made a way out. So I give God a, a shout. If verse 13 in your Bible is not highlighted, highlight it. No temptation overtaking you has overtaken you such as is common to man. And God is faithful that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but he will make a way of escape. And that's, my brothers and sisters, why you need Jesus. That's why the whole purpose, Jesus came. He came to come and live inside of us so that we could have the power to live holy and to live right. That's why Christ came. That's why you need a day-to-day -day walk with him. You need a relationship with him. You need, you and I need a daily walk with Jesus. We need a daily talk with him. We need to know him. We need a relationship with him. I want to say to you today, somebody here today, and you are under the bondage of, finding, of, of sexual immorality. You, the devil has beat you up. He's got his, his grip on you. He's got you in chains. When Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, he broke every chain. You don't have to be in bondage. You don't have to stay in that lifestyle. You don't have to be out of control. You don't have to be manipulated. You don't have to be defeated. There's power in the name of Jesus and in the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary's cross. He has made a way out. You can have a way out. You can be free. If you would just cry out to him. Guess what? People might not know what your addictions are, but Jesus knows what your addictions are, and he has made a way. You've been listening to FBCG Live with Pastor John K. Jenkins, Sr. Every temptation is common to man, but God is faithful and will never tempt you beyond what you're able to handle. With every temptation, God will make a way of escape. If you've been blessed by this message and would like to help us reach more people through this ministry, please click the link in the podcast description or visit our website, fbcglenarden.org slash give to donate. Thank you for joining us. We hope that you'll subscribe so that you'll never miss an episode. Be sure to tune in next week.